By the way, um, I see that you have taken off your sneakers yet again. Yeah, that is frowned upon at Sirius Radio. Is it really? Yeah. Why? It just is. Who tried doing it and got yelled at? No one. It's just frowned upon. You, no one wants to see people walking around without shoes on. I thought it was supposed to be a very casual place. Not that casual. Okay. What about sandals or um? I don't know if like there's a policy on sandals. Slippers kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if it's because I need to work in my my. I've done this in the past bunch of jobs I've had. The shoes have to go off. I gotta feel free. You know, I don't. I just well, then, don't you're like gonna be spending the next thirty years at GBB. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they make me, they make me. But I just I would I don't see the need for it. I mean, I I can see bare feet as being kind of disgusting. But if you just want to clog around in whatever you're wearing on your feet, who cares? I mean, I find children's Big rubber Uggs, a hell of a lot uglier than stocking feet, or slippers, or anything like that, or or half the the things that women wear that elongate the leg and cripple them because they've got the high heels. Just let people, you know, it's the feet for gosh sakes. If they're covered up, if they're demure, if you're, you know, you're doing your job, let people's bunions breathe. Dave, yeah. Leave your shoes on at Sirius Radio. All right. Fine. Fine. I learned, you know where I learned that? I love, I love how I win these arguments. <laughs> these, <laughs> no, meaning, these meaningless arguments. Yeah. But when I was working at my last major day job, I got the, the, years ago. the thing of, of the eccentric guy with, without the shoes on and stuff like that. Right. And then people would make fun of it and people would whatever. And then finally, oh, what really did the trick was... Because I liked, I I didn't hate the idea of having to put on my shoes every time I had to go either to the kitchen or, you know, to get coffee or something. That's why most of us leave our shoes on. Or to the bathroom. And then we happened to have at this place I used to work an old guy. Mm -hmm. He had started with a company literally more than 60 years earlier. He started as a paper boy during World War II. Or, or, you know, like a copy boy and whatever. And stayed with the company and became, like, big in the advertising section. And became the grand old man of the company who was kept on just because he was there for so long. And plus, like, the guys who were in diapers at little bitty companies that he was dealing with Mm -hmm. back then were now the chairman of Seagram's and stuff like that. So you you kept him on for things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, But he was also, in his mid-80s, if not late-80s, basically blind and still working and still very personal, a very nice guy. And yet, you always knew when he had been to the bathroom because... I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I, 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 I know right now I do not like where this is going. <laughs> you can probably guess where it is. Yeah. Old, blind, <laughs> <laughs> urinal. Okay, and the three words you don't want to hear. No. Old, blind, urinal. Well, so everybody, men at least, knew when he would be there, because he would come to the bathroom, and it would be like the urinal, and then all the stuff that was supposed to have gone into the urinal. And, well, I kind of knew about it, and got the warning occasionally, but... It was one time I would toggle off to the bathroom because you know, I worked really, really hard for this company. Mm-hmm. So I'd be sitting at my desk for like two hours at a time, not even thinking, just taking phone calls, writing, taking phone calls, posting, editing, doing blah, blah, blah. Right. And I, you know, I barely even wanted to take a break 
just to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I don't want to sit there, pull on my shoes, go to the bathroom, then have to take my shoes off. I go, so I won't even think about being in stocking feet. The only people who were bothered by it were other people. Well, this one time, went oh, to the bathroom, oh God. and I was standing oh God. there, I was like, <laughs> getting there, I start, and I'm like, Tom was here. <laughs> um, Dave. Yeah. There are a couple of questions that arise from that. Uh, first of all, I can say this story because Tom's been dead for a couple of years. Okay. But okay, yeah. One, what did you sit in? Oh, no, no. I'm talking standing at a urinal. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, but standing in my stocking feet mm-hmm. in front of a urinal, mm-hmm. you can... Yeah. You can get the, you know, old, yeah. blind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And at, it was at that moment. The next day I came in with slippers. Yeah. The next day, you know, with slippers with good rubber soles. <laughs> and I never had that problem again. So I know, that was my compromise. I was like, okay, I, I, I guess people think I look silly just in stockings. I'm going to wear the slippers. And so that, that was a, a compromise that worked for everybody. Uh, I have to say, I've never had an experience like that, uh, only because I keep my shoes on. Um, I will say that when I was a kid, uh, my mother would scold me because I wouldn't always lift the the oh, toilet bowl. Every boy, every boy doesn't want to bother to lift the bowl. And I don't understand why that's such an issue now. It's like, looking back, why didn't I just lift it? Why do boys? Why do boys do that? Boys are a lazy. B. They're testing their machismo against the female power figure of the mother. And C. Um, boys like to make a game of everything. So part of the game of being a boy was aiming and not trying to get. And you, you, you want to feel, hey, I'm I, in control. Yeah, I, I can aim right I've, in between the thing. I've, I've played that game when I was, when I was a kid. Of yeah. course. And you figure, but what you don't realize is, even when you win the game, there's drops, little yeah, droplets uh, all over. And you never clean. No. You never clean no, you don't want, And also, you don't want to lift the yeah. bowl, because that's the scummy part, is where you put your fingers underneath. See, now, especially when I use a public toilet, if I have to lift the seat up, I do it with my foot. Because yep. I do not want to touch it. Right. I did that one t- I did that this weekend at a rather nice restaurant bathroom where I knew I, I wanted to use the bathroom. The seat was down. So I was like, okay, I'm going to lift the seat. And as I'm lifting, because I figure I'm not going to touch anything else. I always, if I'm going to sit on the bowl, I put a little paper down. But if I'm going to use just the, the toilet as a urinal kind of thing, I will be polite and lift the seat. And I just felt this slimy sensation on my index finger when I lifted the bowl. I was like, oh! Well, you're a germaphobe. No. No? Me? Well, sure. I mean, you do walk around basically barefoot without pants on. Yeah. I'm a germaphobe. I, I, yeah, you're carrying Purell on my, Yeah, on my keychain, I have, I have uh, hand sanitizer. Well, I'm very far from a germaphobe. I should wash more than oh. I do. I should wash my hands a lot more than I do. Um, I mean, I do wash when I go to the bathroom, but I'm very... I don't sit there with the soap or I just go, wash, 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 I'm done, you know. I, I, I just, I, for, I have, and I, I do not like using public restrooms if I don't have to, even if it's just to pee. But to actually sit there, knowing yeah. that there are other people in the bathroom, probably listening to one of the, so I actually, and I, I'm not afraid yeah. to admit this, when I'm in the public restroom and there is another guy, uh, another guy comes in, I actually stop what I'm doing and wait for them to leave. Wow. So I will be in there for like 20 minutes at a time. 
Just because I hate I hate the idea You're pee-shy. of a guy no well, poop well, you're shy. Yeah. I have I hate the idea of anyone listening to the plop. <laughs> plop, plop, That's just, fizz, fizz. That's, oh, what a relief it is. And that, I've always been like that. And I always will be like that. I hate public restrooms. But I do not, I do not put the paper on the seat. Because I find oh. that to be cumbersome. So you just sit on the seat. Um, well, what if the seat's wet? I wipe it down. Okay. I yeah. wipe it down thoroughly. <laughs> I might spend a good five minutes oh. meditating. Hoping <laughs> that I'm not sitting on cholera. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't get that from a twiggy seat. No, I don't I'm, want to find out. It's yeah. funny. I had a bit of a neurosis about that when I was a child. I would not go to the school bathroom in elementary school. I would hold it in as best I could. I actually had accidents in the afternoon when I was in second, third, fourth grade. Well, maybe not fourth grade. But when I was in, in you know, at the time when other kids had stopped peeing for a long time, and then there I was, because I just, there was something about me. I would not go use the school bathroom. Yeah. I didn't start to do it until junior high school, really. I can sympathize with you. I don't like public restrooms. But, but as an adult, it's nothing. I go into the, the scummiest thing in, in, in Grand Central or, or Penn Station, the 8th Avenue one near the Amtrak, yeah. which is not a very pleasant no, it's environment. No, I know, I know, I know the ones you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's if not I've got a whiz, i got a whiz. I, as an adult, I don't care. See, there was, there was, uh, 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 an issue I had uh, a couple weeks ago. I was, I was I was at Sirius. I was using the bathroom, uh, and we there are like five or six urinals in the guy, in the men's room. All right. Oh yes. I if there's another guy in there, I always go in the opposite end. I don't want the the possibility of a guy next to me as I'm going to the bathroom. So I, I'm in there, right? There's yeah. no one else in there. I'm I'm peeing. Oh no! Somebody came guy, next to you. This guy comes in. This tall guy yeah. comes in, right next to me, and I just instinctively, basically, turn. I, I, I'm away kinda, from him. Yeah, I go, I, I, without saying anything. I just kind of very, very carefully. Because first of all, I don't know if this guy is into that kind of thing. I don't want a Larry Craig thing to happen to me. He didn't do tap 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 no, tap. He, there were no tap, but there was. There's another time. Um, oh. No, it doesn't happen to me. Uh, again, I was in the bathroom. I think I was just washing my hands. Yeah. Because uh, I, I do that sometimes, even though the soap there is awful, uh, which is why I have to have Puro with me. Um, these these guys were obviously using the bathroom, and they were tormenting this guy who was, I guess, doing number two. How were they tormenting? They, they were doing the Larry Craig thing. They are like, you're not going to put your, seat, your, your foot next to me. Turns out that this guy was the head of security. I'm pretty sure he took down all their information, and I don't. Well, wait, I haven't seen. Were they goofing since. on him, or what were they doing? They, I mean, they were. They were being. I mean, they were being nasty to the guy. But they weren't his friends who were just. No, oh, they, oh, you, oh, can, oh, you oh. can tell they weren't. I mean, you can oh. tell they were teasing him. But what was their their? I guess deal. because he was very loud in what he was doing. Oh, was he? Were you there? And there was a noticeable smell, <laughs> an odor that permeated through the bathroom. I actually got out of there as soon as I could. Oh, wow. I, I, I can't put up with that smell. Me- oh, so I can... Re- yeah. I mean, let's face it. When I hear that kind of stuff, I start to giggle. I can't... Whether it's coming out of me or someone else. If, I, if that kind of noise and effort is being made in a men's room near me, or, or even worse, in a women's room, I'm going to be, like, you know, I'm on the floor. Yeah. Like, fart! Farting, fart, 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 fart. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm like, uh... Okay. Too bad they don't make Purell for the nose. 
<laughs> just put it like Vaseline under the nostrils, just you know. I have done that also. When I've when I've been in a men's room, and I know that that someone else comes in, and I know that person like it's a work situation, and yeah, you know, it's just sort of a someone I'm confident and, and okay with at work. Um, I'll start to make the special noises, <laughs> just just for fun. Just, I mean. Not even for real. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll especially fake them and make them much, much worse than they are in real life. Just, just to give them a giggle or just to really weird them out. You're a sick person. So they'll be, you know, they'll be just washing their hands and they'll, they'll suddenly be like, Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of like pounding the door. <laughs> Get out of here! Problem is, I start to laugh, and that gives up the game. But yeah. why did I have that Thai meal? <laughs> Man, yeah, you in the Thai meal? Have you ever eaten Thai food? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I said that. For eighty-something years, WGBB has been serving the community with music and talk and stuff. I can't see my radio dial anymore. But I know it's tuned to AM 1240, WGBB Freeport. Now leave me alone. It's 11 o'clock and time for Dave's Gone By. Wait, did I remember to pee? Uh-oh. Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relapse, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! Well, there goes the neighborhood. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the 263rd episode of Dave's Gone By. On the Sunday night, March 9th, 2008, it's daylight something time. We've, I hope you remember to change your clocks and your watches and all that. We're calling this the Mazel Tova episode of Dave's Gone By. I'll explain why in a minute, but first want to give a shout-out to my usual guest co-host, Jeff Goodman, who's probably home sleeping because he had such a busy day today. Jeff is the owner and proprietor of Fancy Schmancy Balloons. <clears throat> Pardon me, that is his day job. And so uh, twice a year, he has this big old convention thing, a showcase, where all these party people get together and they try to push the DJ services and, and the uh, the decorations and the bands. And so to, to get business, he's part of that. And it, he has a lot to do to get ready for it. And then taking part in it is quite exhausting. So he's not going to be part of Dave's Gone By tonight, unless he calls in at some point. But I certainly wish him all the best. I hope the conference went really well. And we will, of course, see him next week. But am I here doing this alone? Am I by myself trying to do this radio program here tonight? No, no. Unfortunately, I have a guest with me, and I couldn't do it really much better, unfortunately, alas, than my guest co-host tonight, the one and only Joe Salzone. Hello, Joe. Well, thank you, Dave, and screw you, Dave. (laughs) 
I, you know, desperation breeds, and, and you, you've been yeah. so much fun the last couple of weeks when you've been stopping in and taking part in the show. I thought that it's always great to have you here. Joe is a former staffer of WGBB. Then he ended up working in the radio station across the hall for a couple of years, and now he's moved on to the, the somewhat bigger time up to Sirius Satellite Radio, where he's got a, a, he's got a real full-time job, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so jealous. And uh, yet I know, maybe maybe you all don't know, that Joe won't be walking out of here alive tonight, and I'll be stealing his glasses and his clothing. Oh, is this mic on? Well, they would know it's it's not me because I have a lot of hair, Dave. This is, well, I have a lot of hair, too. It's just not on my head, but you know. Where it counts. You know, yeah. Well, does hair matter at Sirius Radio? Yes, it is it does. radio. Yeah, it does. How, does it, how does it matter on yeah. radio? You have to have hair and you have to wear shoes all the time. Well, I'm out of there. That's I don't. I can't think. Maybe of XM. XM gets all the bald people. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're going to be folded into serious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let me explain a couple of things about the show. I mentioned one of our sponsors, Fancy Schmancy Balloons, and you can reach them at five one six seven nine seven three two two nine for all your party decorating needs. If you've got a St. Patrick's Day party that you want to put together. This is the time, and hey, it's so not too early to think about graduations and also confirmations on bar mitzvahs and christenings and brisses, all that stuff. Jeff does the balloons, and he does your, your centerpieces and all the decorations to make your party look really cool. 516-797-3229. This program is also brought to you by Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. 10% off. On any job, big or small, for Dave's Gone By listeners at Hewlett Minuteman Press. They're at 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, right next to the Lowman's Shoe Store, right across the street from Lowman's regular, you know, old, crappy, dumpy, cheap clothes Lowman's. And then MortgagesRock.com, where you would go not only to get a mortgage loan or other kind of financing, but... You could learn to be a broker and get that commission for yourself, MortgagesRock.com. And finally, the Bible of Broadway, Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. 65 years old, this journal is, starting in the 1940s, to tell people in the entertainment industry what's happening on and off Broadway, when things are opening, who's in them, how to contact the actors and the directors and the producers and the designers. It's all in Performing Arts Insider 21 times a year, or you can just go for the monthly issue. It's a rather expensive magazine, but even uh, you can get the 12 issue deal once a month for only $120, and that's, that's quite a bit off the regular price. So check it out all at PerformingArtsInsider.com. PerformingArtsInsider.com This program is also brought to you by Shalom, damn it, Rabbi Saul Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour. A comedy and somewhat religious, irreligious, religious show that currently airs Wednesday mornings at 7.30 on Long Island Cablevision of Woodbury, Channel 20. That's just for one more week. On uh, 7.30 Wednesday mornings, um, it will be on the 12th at 7.30 a.m. on Channel 20. And then after that, the uh, station starts its new season, and it will stay Wednesdays, 7.30 in the morning. However, it will no longer be on Channel 20. It will move up to Channel, I think it's 115, the other public access channel. Um, uh, oh, what is it, Joe? That's not moving up, Dave. It's moving down. Well, up in numbers. 
yeah. down in location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it won't be so readily visible to people, but... I'll still watch it. And everybody can still watch it. Thank you, Joe. Every, every, everybody wa- can watch it on YouTube anytime. Even the first though you dissed me at the start of the show. I know, but that's, that's what we do. Well, it, we do it out of love. We make fun of each other out of love, jerk. So, um... Well, thank you. Ugly. Hey. <laughs> yes. No, you're, you're quite a striking man. Well, thank you. Like I, that's right. Like I, I just struck him. Like I just struck you with my fist. Yeah. Damn it. But let me no. The other good news about Shalom Dammit is not only that it's renewed for a season and it's Manhattan. still going. It's going to be that's right. Starting in um, I'll read the memo. The, the week of the 16th on Manhattan cable television, you can watch Shalom Dammit. All the, our New York listeners who will finally get a chance to see Shalom Dammit on TV. It will be airing Sunday afternoons at 1:30, a really terrific time slot on Manhattan cable channel. Yeah. Some, do I have that down here? 70-something. 67. 67, was close. That starts... I was totally guessing. Sunday. So next Sunday. Next Sunday, the rabbi begins on well, Manhattan TV. You know, people in Manhattan, yeah. they, they, they turn on the rabbi, right? One thirty in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and see a show. Exactly. Perfect way to spend a day. Because Sunday shows start at 3 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. So watch the rabbi, then catch a, a Broadway or an off-Broadway show. I think it's a perfect way it to is. ruin an afternoon and then, and then make it yeah. better. Right. But again, you can also catch the rabbi anytime on YouTube, anywhere, just by going to Shalom, damn it. And and Joe, as much as he makes fun of me and as much as whatever, he does like the show. I've always been a fan of the rabbi. Yeah. He's always been my favorite guest. Will you finally let him give you that bris? um, No. Really? No. He and I talked about it. I said no. Steve Steve is up for it. He'll do it. Oh, really? Steve Can- um, Cantonari. Cantonari, who was... Um, he doesn't know it yet, but he'll do it. He will, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got some flappage to spare. And, you know, he, the rabbi could take some off and leave some while um, Steve is, is still deciding whether he wants to go all the way through it, you he know? Has a, he has a giant clitoris, apparently. Does <laughs> he really? I guess. <laughs> can, can I say that? Yeah, why oh, not? okay. I think mean, you're misprint. It's clitoris, but... but um, eh. uh, it's still funny. Yeah, it is. Right? Anyway, speaking of funny things, we've got... A wonderful, wonderful treat for you. On tonight's show, since we're speaking about the rabbi, Rabbi Saul Solomon has a wonderful guest. Now, he's interviewed some pretty cool actors and singers over the years. He's interviewed... And Manny Patinkin. And, well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he's interviewed one or two rather difficult, horrible people. But, I mean, considering the fact he's talked to Bruce Adler, Fibish Finko, he's talked to... um, those are the two that come to my head right away, but there have been a couple of other really no, really fun people who had a terrific time with the rabbi. Because once you roll with it, once you get him... Joe Sobule. Of course, I was interviewed by the rabbi. That's right! Yeah. You know the show better than I do. I do. She was so wonderful. I mean, they had a she fantastic was time. She was delightful. Yes. Yes. She actually played along. Well, which is what you have to yeah. do, or else you have to convert. Yeah, so like that idiot, Mandy Patinkin. I'm not going to listen to this. <laughs> Did you just say, God damn it, I don't have that kind of language. <laughs> then, he, then, he, then he slaughtered a goat. Something like that. <laughs> You're exaggerating a little bit. He was actually... Uh, but I'll, Everybody knows the Mandy Patinkin story. I'm not going to go into it. But Mandy, by the way, who's going to be appearing locally, is doing a concert somewhere. If you want to make up and make nice... We'll be there. The rabbi will talk to you. The rabbi, uh, his lying is always open because he's a man of God. <laughs> and he'll talk even to you, Which Mandy Patinkin. Um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Sherman Hemsley. This is, uh, these are the people that he believes in. Anyway, but someone who did, is not going to have any trouble at all talking to the rabbi is a lovely and tremendously talented actress named Tova 
Felchu. Tova is actually a four-time Tony nominee. She was in Yentl, she was in Sarava, she was Tony nominated for Lend Me a Tenor, the, um, the, the, the comedy on Broadway, and just a couple of years ago she was in a terrific play called Golda's Balcony about Golda Meir. It's a one-woman show, She's the longest-running one-woman show in Broadway history, and she starred in it. Um, Tony nominated for it. I, I thought she should have won. She, it was a marvelous show. She's now doing it in London. Plus, people who want to see Tova Felcher, she's appearing at Feinstein's. I think she's going to plug this a little bit. But she, she's got one more week that she's playing Feinstein's at the Regency. That's Park Avenue and 61st Street in the city. And if you're undecided as to whether to go, well, let's give a listen to the rabbi interviewing Tova Felcher tonight on Dave's Gone By, and you can make your decision then. And then after that, we'll be going inside Broadway for some Broadway news, and also I'm going to review David Mamet's comedy November on Broadway. And then if there's a little bit of time, I'll talk about my trip to Philadelphia this past weekend and also do a little more bantering with my good friend Joe Salzone. So thank you so much for visiting the Daverhood with me and Joe tonight on this Sunday, this first Sunday of Daylight Something Time. Is it Eastern? I, I can never get the stuff straight. What is it's it? It's Daylight Saving Time. Saving Time. Singular. Singular yes. time. Uh, and it's, I don't know. It was so nice. I got, on, got in the station, got on the mic here, and it was still sunny out at 6 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I was so happy. I went to bed at 5.30 this morning recording to Daylight Saving Time. Uh, this is my first weekend off the overnights, and I, my body isn't... My body is used to being up until... You know, yeah, because your, your left leg is still in the other time zone. I know, it's weird. Yeah. It's awkward. Up to the thigh, and then, then from the thigh up, you're, you're in this time zone. The pelvis is in this time zone. Yeah, right. and something's pointing to 12, and I wish it wouldn't, but anyway. It's a big hand. <laughs> I made a big penis joke. <laughs> Speaking of which, Rabbi <laughs> Saul Solomon, he's getting his mezuzah out as we speak, oh. and he'll be with us so tiny right after this message. <laughs> if you're like me, you agree that television could always be a little more Jewish. Well, our prayers are answered every Wednesday morning, 7.30, on Cablevision Channel 20, Rabbi Saul Solomon, that's me, hosts Shalom Dammit. I do Bible studies, sermons, pelvic exercises, whatever I damn well want. See the episodes on YouTube.com, but also 7.30 Wednesday mornings on Cablevision Channel 20. It's Jewish, and it's proud. Shalom, everyone. Oh, shalom. I am quelling. I am so happy. I am so excited. I have with me on the telephone a star, a star in the galaxy, a star in the heavens, and a star in all our lives. And better yet, a beautiful Jewish lady named Tova Felchu, four-time Tony nominee. Oh, this is so great. And she's appearing before our eyes, live and on stage, at Feinstein's at Lowe's Regency for the fall this week. She was there last week. She's there another week. You have to go see her. And now you have to listen to her because she's on the phone with me. Hello, Shalom. Hello, Dave. You're a riot. Oh, it's not Dave, it's Rabbi Saul. Oh, that's right, Rabbi Saul. I'm sorry, Rabbi Saul, but of course, you, Rabbi Saul. You can call me Rebbe, it's all right. Okay, Rebbe. <laughs> my, my best friends call me Rebbe, it's fine. Okay. So, so, Tova, oh, let me ask you about doing a cabaret show, of getting up there on stage with, with a band, with a song list, it's just you 
and them and the audience, is that scarier than doing a Broadway show, or, or certainly more so than TV or film, or just different? Tell me. It's, it's up close and personal, Rabbi, or Rebbe. It's very, um, in the sense that you see the whites of everybody's eyes, and you sing to them, and you have to have a light touch. You know, you don't want to blast people out of the living room there. You want to approach your material with a light touch, and actually I'm playing an opera singer that can't find her speaking voice, so that's kind of a wild choice to do in a cabaret but a worthy one and certainly if you're if you were in your in your wine glass and feeling drowsy by the time madame violette is done with you you'll be energized for the rest of the night i'm excited about it it's a very uh, posh crowd it's the height of new york uh, salon society and uh, people who want to see their favorite performer uh, up close and personal and greet them after the show and not have to deal with a stage door. Wow, you actually touch people. You shake hands and you I hug do, and you talk I do, to people. I do, I do. And, of course, you get supper. You know, it it uh, may end up to be a $75 cover for premier seating or and a $40 food and beverage uh, minimum, but you do have supper or dinner and a show Is it for kosher? all of that. That's pretty darn good. It's, and, uh, it's 61st and Park Avenue. It's the center of the chic area of, of the east side of New York. But do they have kosher meals for people who need them, do you think? Absolutely. They have vegetarian meals. And oh. I think they would do whatever they need to do. Well, oh, and I love vegetables because it keeps me regular and fantastic. But it's great. Jewish people can go. The Orthodox can go. Actually, they can. I don't see why they couldn't. Exactly. exactly. And remember, it's at Feinstein's at Lowe's Regency on Park Avenue and 61st Street. I'll give them a number right now so that we get that out of the way. Write it down, everybody. 212-339-4095. 212-339-4095. I would say it in Yiddish if I spoke Yiddish, but I don't. So, let me ask you, aside from the cabaret thing, one of the, the most recent things that you did was playing another woman of my heart, of my soul, and, and quite a babe, too. Golden Meir. I loved her. You were doing that in London after doing it on Broadway? Absolutely, and I have a special surprise for this final week. I only have seven more shows left at the, at the Regency, starting, of course, the day after tomorrow. That would be Tuesday, March 11th through Saturday, March 15th. If you call 212-339-4095 and mention the code GOLDA, Two one two three three nine four zero nine five, and mention the code GOLDA when you're making your reservations, you will be the recipient of a 20% discount. Oh, this is... It's oh. a good one, I'm, isn't it? Oh, and Golden if you call year. twice, do you get 40% or it doesn't work like that? No, I don't think it works no, it doesn't that way. Work like it doesn't that. work that way. But that's pretty cool, I thought, you know. That's uh, nice. If you mention GOLDA, you get a, a nice discount. But... but Talking about Golda herself, in doing that show, by the way, which is the longest-running show, longest-running one-woman show in the history of Broadway, right. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, what did you learn about Golda that you didn't expect? What was surprising about this amazing woman? That she had lovers. Oh, well, yes. She was a big of a slut, it's true. No, it was, it was very interesting. She actually had a lot of integrity. I mean, when she knew it wasn't in the cards for her to stay inside her marriage to Morris, she... Ended the marriage, though she never ended the relationship. She adored him. Um, that was very surprising to me. I, I also uh, was delighted to learn. Uh, basically, she's just a mod- she was a modest kid who never expected to be prime minister of the state. She really didn't. Her favorite position in the government was minis- the minister of labor, where she could 
you know, allot homes and help people build their dreams. Well, she came from Milwaukee, right? I mean, who from Milwaukee thinks they're going to be the president of Israel? Come That's on. exactly right. Milwaukee. Maybe president of the Brewers, I don't know. But, but, uh, That's right. You're absolutely right. So, speaking of, of Golda, who, who did not do very well balancing uh, personal and home life with her extraordinary career, you seem to have done all right as far as being able to balance being a star and all that. With having a husband and kids and a mom and all, how do you do it? I had a great, I have great parents. My father and mother were married for 63 years. Oh, muzzle. Andrew Harris Levy, my husband's parents, were married for 63 years. So together they were married for 126 years. And I chose a great fellow. So I think even if Andy and I ever wanted to get divorced, we wouldn't have the vaguest idea how to do it. <laughs> we don't have those muscles. Uh, you know, it, it's a... It's a marriage for life, and we're going on our 31st year. March 20th, we'll be married 31 years, and we'll have known each other 32. So it's it's very, uh, I'm very pleased about it. Very, very, very pleased. I think if you're married for love, love always returns. It, it will not betray you. And uh, we have these two wonderful uh, children, and both our mothers are alive. Andrew's mother is 90, beloved Clarice Levy, who drives and plays tennis and and my mother, Lily, is about to be 97 on 97. FLAP. Yeah, oh. she's fabulous. She's on email. She put herself through NYU as a secretary, so she still types about 70 words a minute. And she's a very clever, funny woman with great values. And that's, that's how I have a husband and children <laughs> along with a, a career. I, I, don't, I think I was brought up in a household that if you couldn't bring up your children, you were nothing. So uh, our kids are Amanda, who's 20, and she's a sophomore at MIT, majoring in Ooh. physics, and Brandon, who's 24, who graduated from Harvard and then Whoa. Oxford this year. He got his master's in financial economics this year, uh, that would say this past year at Oxford, and he's working at Blackstone, doing very well. Well, Blackstone, the magician, what is Blackstone? Right, right. Blackstone is an investment firm. Oh. So <laughs> my children are math people, they're math people. So should I do a shot hunting? Are they married? Are they looking? No, nice no, Jewish they're not, uh, kid they're not married. Their oh. father married me when he was 33, so I think uh, 24, Brandon, is not even necessarily looking, though he does date, of course. Of course. And Amanda has a, a beautiful uh, fella up at MIT, so we'll see where that goes. Oh, knocking. There we go. Sounds, sounds so lovely. Sounds so, even though, that I, I, was, I was also going to ask about the part of when you have to go on location somewhere, not for a day or two, but for perhaps weeks at a time. Doesn't that take a toll? How do you, how do you deal with all that? You negotiate uh, transport back oh. and forth. Andy and I don't like to be away from each other more than three weeks, so we rarely, if ever, are. And uh, uh, I usually negotiate a ticket for him, or frankly, we both worked all our life. We have funds, and what better way to spend money than with education or travel? That's the reason to spend money. So I'm going to play London with Golda's Balcony the 7th through the 28th, and my husband's coming over because uh, we don't want to be away from each other more than 21 days. We we really have rarely ever, if ever, done that, and uh, that's the way to go, and uh, that's the way we've kept it for over a quarter of a century. So that's that's what I do. And you know, you call, you write, and and you're you and you love someone. You stay inside your marriage. I enjoy it. You know, I I, I really enjoy him. He's very very funny. He's very tolerant. You know, I don't think it's an easy uh, kettle of fish to live with an actress. Mm. What a mixing metaphors here. He's <laughs> a doll. He's an attorney. Andrew's an attorney. It gives oh, a pressure. Yeah. A negotiator, a person who made you know understands real estate, the buying and selling of land and property and all that stuff. So his interests are very different than mine, but uh, have been very uh, useful to him and very useful to the. 
to our marriage. And speaking of uh, family, by the way, we're talking with the amazing and wonderful Tova Felcher here on Dave's Gone By. I'm Rabbi Saul Solomon, uh, having the joy of conducting this interview. We're, we're talking about your family, and um, I, I did not notice that your brother is a playwright, too. My brother, Dr. David Felchu, is an MD-PhD. He's a uh, Dr. Dr. Dave. He heads Theater Cornell. He wrote Miss Everest Boys, which went on television with Alfre Woodard and Larry Fishburne and won eight Emmys. And uh, he is an emergency room uh, doctor. So is that why he hasn't weekend. written any other plays since Miss Everest Boys? That was a few years ago. He should write yes, more. He actually, he actually has written one screenplay, but I, I don't know what he's doing with it. He doesn't let things... Out of the out of the box until he feels good and ready to do it, and uh, uh, he's a very fine writer. He did in the inauguration of the new president of Cornell. He was the chosen speaker for that day, and that was great to see that on the webcam and and uh, not have to go up to Ithaca to watch him, but we're able to watch it from my computer. Anything that keeps you from going to Ithaca is basically a good thing. <laughs> I would have to say. <laughs> nah, he's great. I have my beautiful nephew Noah Felchu here with me. He's at the new school, so he's going to school in New York now. And well, I know a felt shoe, too. You! Oh, there you go. Yeah, Excellent. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. Good evening. This is Tova Felchu on Dave's Gone By. I will be also at Fine Science at the Lowe's Regency, 61st and Park, all week, March 11th through the 15th. Dial 212-339-4095 for tickets. Now, let's, let's go to the early stages of your career, the beginnings of how you went to be. Now, I, I only found this from the, the Internet Broadway database. Like at one point, your name was Terry Sue. That's right. Like I was a born Terry name. Sue. That's Terry right. Sue. Rebby, that's right. That's how I start out my act at Feinstein's. They go, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Tova Feldshue. And I go, actually, I was born Terry Sue. I grew up in Scarsdale in a somewhat non-observant home. At school, I played parts like Anna Christie, and I never gave a thought to my ethnicity. So I became Tova, Tova Feldshue. My darling, glamorous Feinsteinites, won't you please call me Tova, not Tuna, or Tootsie, or Tofu, or Toga, or Torah, Torah, Torah. So it's, uh... Well, I don't mind Torah. Tor- they can call you Torah. That I, would be totally Call me fine. the book. You give me covets. <laughs> call me the book. Such, such honor. But, so, uh, what did make you reconnect with the Judaism aspect that would take, that you would pick a name that Hollywood might not find so appealing? Well, I was in college, and fell for a fella who was not uh, a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend who seriously hated the name Terry Sue, and he said, what else were you called? And I, I told him the truth. I was called Midge. Can you imagine Oy. for Midget? I was called <laughs> Midge for the, on the basketball team in Scar- at Scars, the Quakerage School, actually. Children are so kind. And I was called Tova in Hebrew school. And after and that was my Hebrew name, and he went, Tova. Now that's a name. And I took it on for love of Michael Fairchild. I took on the name Tova Felchu, and I, I never realized that changing my name would change the entire landscape of my life, and it, and it did. And, we, you know, frankly, maybe it was all for the better, because on one hand, um, I had to fight to uh, perhaps play Catherine Hepburn and Three Queens of Henry VIII and Isabel in Measure for Measure, uh, but I didn't have to fight to play the extraordinary Jewish roles that I've had the pleasure of playing, and then very often they presented breakthroughs in my career from Yentl right. to the miniseries Holocaust to the Prime Minister Golda Meir to Kissing Jessica Stein to A Walk on the Moon where I played um, uh, the mother-in-law of Diane Lane and the mother of Liev Schreiber, and I was, uh, Viggo Mortensen was in that movie, directed by Tony Goldwyn. So the the name, the moniker has brought me uh, great um, luck and in a way also really given me my mission in life, my tikkun, if you will. So. Oh, well, what do you say your mission is then? 
Well, on a, just in an artistic on an artistic plane, uh-huh. it is to um, break the image of the Jewish woman as being some kind of complaining, domesticated whiner, if you will. I mean, that's that's a that's an unfortunate. Um, um, prototype that comes up when we watch some some comedy shows and stuff like that and uh, really uh, take any of those preconceived ideas about Jewish women and just blast them to smithereens and uh, let them see my take on the Jewish heroine which I think is um, a very worthy journey as an actor when I get to play them and then on a larger scale because my name is Tova Felcher, I've been tapped by every Jewish charity I know and some from some of the Catholic charities, too, to help raise funds, to help out. And uh, I say yes whenever I can. So you it's do, giving you me an adjunct a, to my career. A lot of charity work, which I think is lovely. Yeah. I don't know if you can raise any money for, uh, for the cause that I'm involved in. It's RWM, Rabbis with Mortgages. So, but if there you go, I, Rabbis with Mortgages. And I'm Tovit Feinstein. Maybe they can, we can raise money for, for people to come <laughs> to give a scholarship to... Uh, the up-close-and-personal Tova in a nutshell at Feinstein's this week. Tova Felger appearing at Feinstein's at Lowe's Regency, 540 Park Avenue. Let's give that number again, 212-339-4095 for tickets. 212-339-4095. If you'd rather do it on the Internet, you can go to ticketsweb.com. Also, I'm sure there's information on, uh, on your website, tovafelcher.com. Am I correct? Yes, of course there is. Uh, but remember, if this week you call 212-339-4095 and you mention the code GOLDA, you're the recipient of a 20% discount. Oh, I, lo- I just love that. Yeah, I love no, we're selling that. very, very well. But I think they want to crowd them in and put them on the rafter. So why not? The more the merrier. It's great. All of I. And, and let me ask, we're still going back, I mean, it was nice the way you answered the question about um, having the name change both being a positive thing about getting automatically some uh, Jewish roles, especially early on. And then later on, certainly you were able to branch out and they see you as just an actress, not quote-unquote uh, a Jewish actress. But have you ever experienced, do you think, any anti-Semitism in the business? Only by, uh, it's very interesting, only by self-abnegating Jews. I have no trouble with the, with the Christians. I have uh, the Jews who don't want to be known as too Jewish. They tend not to cast a Tova Felchu. They would prefer to make sure their work is known as universal. That's, that's their excuse about it. So that's the only time I've met it. Without naming names, or feel free to name a name, no, can, no. can you go into an experience of, of a specific one where that happened, where it was a role that you knew you would be like amazing for, and if your name were Terry Sue... Um, uh, you know, uh, O'Neill, you might have gotten it. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, there's one particular playwright who has a very big history in this country and in New York that uh, prefers uh, people, I won't say not of his faith, but of... Uh, who don't appear to be of his faith, or...? That's correct. Hmm. And mastering the role. And uh, really has to... His arm has to be twisted, and on the occasions when he has hired the right gal for the right part, uh, it goes right to the top. It's a very good idea. Very often the movies of that person, those successful plays, have not made successful movies because of tremendous miscasting, real miscasting. I think I know who you're talking about, but we won't name names. 
It's August Wilson, isn't it? No. Absolutely. It's August Wilson, no doubt about it. And I've always wanted to do African-American roles, and I'm having a terrible time getting those jobs. You know, in another ten years, with the, the way casting is, I mean, they're doing Cat on a Hot Tin Roof on Broadway now. It's all black. That's Why right. not? That's right. Not only that, but in our lifetime, Dave, we have been this blessed and It's not Dave, it's Rebby. Rebby, sorry. Rebby, okay. Rebby, Rebby. Oh, silly of me. I think that I have lived to see... Um, uh, an African-American and a woman running for President of the United States speaks very well for the United States. It's very, very exciting times for us. Well, it only took about 250 years. But <laughs> it took a long time, a long time and a lot of pain. But A change uh, is going to come, as the, as the song goes. That's right. It is. It's coming. Speaking of, of things that might be coming up, are there roles that you have always wanted to play in the theater or perhaps on film or TV that uh, you think you're going to or, or really would, would love to but haven't had the chance to? I'd love to play St. Joan by Shaw, and I oh. think that uh, I still look young enough to do it, and the stage can be extremely kind. And my, the two big dreams I'd love to fulfill is to star again in a musical on Broadway and to do a TV series. I'm... I do a lot of concerts all over the world, and I'm so happy to bring that work to Feinstein's uh, this week at 61st and Park at the Lowe's Regency. You are Tuesday so good Saturday. at that. <laughs> that's it. You better come one, come all, the 11th through the 15th, and then, uh, and then that's it. Um, in, in all events, uh, and I'm also doing a movie called Ten Stories Tall for David Garrett, who's a wonderful writer and uh, related to Catherine Hepburn, who's a woman I just played in T at 5. So uh, my, I'm very happy doing movies and singing and plays, but uh, the two dreams I have left is to star in a musical on Broadway. Gee, I'd love to do Hello, Dolly! on Broadway, mm-hmm. um, or MAME, or Applause, or anything anybody wants to give me, as long as it's a good, juicy role. And I would love to do a TV series. I just uh, was uh, going up the Amazon River. On, uh, yeah, I sang in the Manaus Opera House, and then I joined a ship, and on the ship was Ed Asner and Shirley Jones and Pat Neal. We did a Theater Guild cruise together. And that was a big thrill, being Wait, with them. Is the Theater Guild still around? Yes, Marilyn and Philip Langner head it. They mostly run these yearly extraordinary Theater at Sea cruises, of which I was invited to participate uh, this last month from uh, February 20th to March 1st. And uh, it just was fabulous. You, you do one concert on the boat, and the rest is a free ride. And uh, you see extraordinary places. Went to Devil's Island, where Alfred Dreyfus had been incarcerated when he was wrongly accused of espionage in France in 1896. And uh, I got to sing in the Manaus Opera House, and that was a big thrill. The acoustics were brilliant. And, uh, Actually, I'm, I'm going to throw a softball question at you. This will allow you also to plug your thing. What are some of the songs that you will be singing at Feinstein's at Lowe's Regency, 540 Park Avenue, 61st Street, 212-339-4095? Fabulous, 212-339-4095. I'm starting to memorize it myself. I will be starting, I start the show with Call Me Tova, not Tuna, or Tootsie, or Tofu, Toga, Tora, Tora, Tora. It's all about my name. It's a play on my right. Call Me Felchu, not Toshu, or Footsie, or Felton, or Freilach, which is a dance that's like the Hora. Don't forget the Torah. You mentioned the Torah, Torah, Torah. That's right, right. Yeah. and it's written by Gerard Alessandrini, oh. who writes Forbidden Broadway. So I'm doing that. I'm doing a rap song. I am finally playing a oh, young God. African-American, actually half African, half Spanish, young street, street kid who uh, does a rap number. I'm uh, uh, I'm singing Old Black and the Magic in a brilliant, uh, sexy um, arrangement by Fred Wells. On a clear day, on a clear day, rise and look around you, and you'll see who you are. That's my encore. It's 
beautiful, beautiful arrangement by Fred Wells. I think from Neverland because I, I, I mean from Peter Pan because I did play Peter Pan at the Municipal Opera House oh. in St. Louis. So you know, I, I know a place where dreams are born and time is never planned. That beautiful, beautiful song. I quote Shaw. I quote E. E. Cummings. I play a wonderful, I play a wonderful character, Grandma Ada from the Bronx, who clearly ah. was related to the Rebbe. She's related to the Rebbe. Lovely. She, she wanted to be an actress and never did. And uh, instead, she cooks, she cleans, she mops, she sews, and uh, she. Really? Do you have her phone number? Absolutely. Yeah, My wife here in Walton Avenue in the Bronx. That's where she lives. <laughs> and uh, let's see, I play Maria Christina at Wienerberg Asthma, also up a perfect Park Avenue debutante who gets felt up in the subway and oh. thinks, he touched me. He put his hand near him, and then he touched me. I felt a certain tingle when he touched me. Well, it's all in good fun. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> and then I even play a radio show host. Really? Oh. Kind of, good morning, and welcome to Kaddish and Coffee, also known as Morning in the Morning. This is W-Y-O-Y, Yoy, 24 hours, all depression, all the time. I'm Sylvia Chronic. <laughs> I hope you're miserable. I would listen to that 24-7, you know. Absolutely. You should come wonderful. meet Sylvia Chronic. She's hilarious. She's just hilarious. Do you write the material, or do you have writers? Or... I write some of the material, but some of the best material I have is by a writer named Larry Amaros. Larry Amaros. Oh, he's a comedian. I've, I've he's heard a of comedian. Him. His name means love. He's brilliantly gifted. Uh, Sylvia Chronic is definitely his. Grandma Ada was written by the great Rick Mitz. I mean, I write in concert with these guys, but I couldn't write without them. Uh, Rick Mitz, I used to improvise, and he would organize, but he also came in with his own ideas. And Sylvia Chronic is completely written by Larry Amrose. He also um, uh, wrote uh, Maria Cristina Edwina Bergasma Alsop uh, and uh, Maria Conchita Gonzalez de Moreno, who is uh, uh, Miss Subways. Uh, so he really was uh, very instrumental in a lot of the laughs that we have in the show. And then I wrote a big unit on Gershwin, based on the ideas of Jack Gottlieb. And Funny Gershwin had a big unit? What was this? I'm big <laughs> unit for Gershwin, based oh. on the ideas of Jack Gottlieb, who wrote Funny, It Doesn't Sound Jewish. And I show how... That's catchy. Right, right. Those tunes that Gershwin heard as a young Jewish kid, both in Russia and New York, it ain't necessarily so. It ain't necessarily so. So the things that you're liable to read in the Bible. Gewalt, I never made that yep. connection. How about that one? Oh, my God. So I heard that in a lecture by my dear I friend Jack Gottlieb, and I asked if I could rent that idea, and he said, yes, you may. So I wrote all about it, about my father, my father's relationship with hearing Gershwin as a young guy at Harvard Law School in the 30s, and uh, about um, how Gershwin melodies uh, had rooted from certain Russian... Yiddish uh, and biblical roots, Hebrew roots. People, if you don't go to see Tova Felcher at uh, Feinstein's at Lowe's Regency, you're crazy. Cause, I mean, I, oh, I can't wait to see the show, to, to hear these things. I'm, I'm going to end this, this amazing and delightful interview with, with one quote of yours. I'd like you to, to elaborate, if you may. You, you were quoted in an interview um, saying, I love growing older. I love being in my middle years. I love often being the oldest one in the company because unless you're a total Philistine, you're afforded a certain respect. Is that, uh, is that how you Yeah, feel? no, it's true. You know, America, for win, lose, or draw, the great capitalist society we live in, um, loves new. New cars, new TV, new this, new that. So thus, 
once a woman uh, passes what is perceived to be their sexual prime, forgive me now, oh, which is I really know. erroneous since we all know, you know, we're just sexy as hell till the day we die, Rebbe. Um, uh, I know I am. Nonetheless, uh, if you're operating on all cylinders, whether it's the great uh, Cheetah Rivera, whether it's Rita Moreno, whether it's the great Barbara Cook, who's 80 this year and still sings like a bird, Shirley Jones, who admittingly is 74 and is extraordinary. If you're operating on a high plane as you get older, you are cherished. Marion Seldes, I mean, oh. these are cherished people. So I'm, I'm not so, such an ancient mariner, but no. I am. I find that people, uh, Vigo Mortensen would not let me carry carry my uh, suitcases when I would come with a little teeny wheelie, you know, to the set of. A walk on the moon. He would always carry my books for me, if you will, and I've I've been treated beautifully um, by people. And um, I don't know that I'll ever have this stage, but Hepburn calls it calls it the beginning of her legend stage. She talked about going in her in her fifties. That it was the beginning of this mythology of the legend, which was ridiculous. But she had had so much work behind her. She'd been a star in movies uh, since she was uh, twenty years old. So uh, by the time she had uh, finished. Uh, 36 years in front of the screen, certain things began to weave around her. Likewise, though my coterie of exposure is, is much smaller, you know, you're starring on Broadway for over 30 years, people... You have a... You have a they they want to hear your stories. That's what it is, Rebbe. Yes. They want to hear your stories, which brings me back to Feinstein, because <laughs> what happens in Cabaret is that you tell these personal stories. I tell a very personal story about my relationship with my father. Oh. Grandma Ada is very, very personal. It's a distillation of my family and all their values. So Grandma Ada says, reach for the stars. You reach for the stars, you may land on the roof. You reach for the roof, you never get off the ground. And that's a direct quote, actually, from a member of my family that I then put in Grandma Ada's voice. So um, uh, I love my life. As I, as I say in the act, um, I I love Sophie Tucker. I, I do a whole Sophie Tucker unit, which is beyond the pale. It's wild. And the jokes were written in 1922, and not by Larry Amaros, but they're really out there. Oh, I believe it, yeah. Uh, anyway, I say I love Sophie Tucker. She's naughty. She's bawdy. She was downright sexy to the day she died. She was more than just an entertainer. She was a a uh, a role model for some of us women as we roll past what is perceived to be our prime. Frankly, I love middle age, and I work all the time. Uh, 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 because I figure I'm the only person in my business at my age who can still move her face. <laughs> you know, this is what it looks like when you don't have the surgery. And then I <laughs> say I'm at a point now where when the construction worker whistles, instead of getting offended, I get a phone number. And then I say a, a love, a poem about love for all ages by E.E. E. Cummings. And I do this very famous poem, and then it goes into Old Black Magic. It sounds, as I said, it sounds really like a terrific, enjoyable Show. Thank you, Rebbe. It's, it, it has a lot, a lot of insight and perception, I think, into what it means to live a life of meaning, and also how these different characters can, you know, uh, uh, deal with their own life and their life problems. Yeah. I love Lily Tomlin, and I love Bette Midler, and I saw Lily Tomlin's work on characters, and I saw Bette Midler's work as an entertainer, and I said, "Gee, I, I can do that. I'm going to combine those gifts and do characters that sing." and sing with the warmth of Bette Midler and the precision of Lily Tomlin. And that's what I try to do. And the chutzpah of B. Arthur. Let's not forget there that. There you go, the chutzpah of B. Arthur. Always have to have a little B in there. I don't know why, but you have to have a little B in all there. All right. We love B. Arthur. So everybody, and let's all say this together. Let's, let's say it slowly. You, together with me, Tova Felcher, see her Tova in a nutshell at Feinstein's Feinstein. at Lowe's Regency. 
540 Park Avenue. You're not at saying. 61st Street. 65th Street. 212. Three three nine four zero nine five. That's three three nine four zero nine five. Or go to tovafelshure dot com. F e l d s h u h. Right. It's like fells with a h on the end. Felshure dot com or ticketweb dot com. Everybody, you've got a whole week to see her. Don't wait till the last day. Just go come out. You know, the first day that she's doing it, go, 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 go. Tell them the Rebbe sent you. And what's that number to call for twenty percent off? Oh, you dial two one two three three nine four zero nine five. The same number for reservations, and all you have to say is Golda. All you have to say is mention Golda. the code Golda, and they put the gold back in your pocket, and you still right. get to see the show. If you go on TicketWeb, they say select the showtime you want by clicking the word buy next to the green ticket of the date and time of your choice, and then you enter the word Golda in access code. Myself, I personally would just call 339-4095, area code 212, and mention the code GOLDA. Let's see. Um, I, think, I think we're pretty good here. We, we had this wonderful conversation. Did you remember to plug your uh, cabaret show? I wanted to make sure we did that. <laughs> Rebby, I don't know. Should we do it again? <laughs> One more time. <laughs> it's, it's playing through the... 15th of March only. It's only this week now. Tuesday, Tuesday at 8.30, Wednesday at 8.30. Thursday at 8.30, Friday at 8 and 10, and Saturday, the March 15th at 8 and 10 at the Lowe's Regency, 540 Park Avenue at 61st in New York City. We could do this all night. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited. Remember the special, 212-339-4095, and say the word Golda. And don't forget, also, you know, if you, you like the show, you stay behind, you get to shake a hand, you get to tell You're her how wonderful right. she is, how beautiful she still looks, the amazing, the adorable, and the very talented Tova Felcher. Tova Thank you so much You're for joining so me. Welcome. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. La Inside Broadway, yes indeed, brought to you by Performing Arts Insider on Dave's gone by pretty much every week because I care about the theater. I love Broadway, off-Broadway. It's important to me and uh, kind of important that I keep my sponsor, Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Bible of Broadway. Well, the two things that we do on Inside Broadway every week are tell you Broadway and off-Broadway news, kind of things that you need to know or ought to know if you're interested in seeing a show in the weeks ahead. And also, sometimes we also get to review some theater here, so you can tell whether it's something you should be spending your 80, 100, 150 bucks for to go see in Manhattan. But first, the news on this Sunday night, March 9th. Well... The 22nd Easter Bonnet competition has changed its dates and its venue. 20, I cannot believe that's 22 times already. Um, doesn't seem like it started that long ago. It's a Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS benefit. And it, it isn't just about bringing out a bunch of hats. It's the chorus people from a lot of the Broadway shows put on funny parody songs and sketches um, usually involving a lot of music and dance. It's a really involved production, almost like watching a Broadway review. And sometimes some of the Broadway stars take part as well, if they're appearing on Broadway at the time. I mean, it's usually a big old hoot, and uh, I haven't seen one in a couple of years, but I really enjoyed them when I was going to them. So the 22nd Easter Bonnet Competition, they moved the theater. It's going to be at the Minskoff Theater, April 28th 
to April 29th. They do them twice. And again, it all raises money for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And they had to change the date some stuff because of the stagehand strike earlier in the season. For more information, go to broadwaycares.org. Well, um, by the way, Joe Salzone is still in the... Uh, studio with me. Joe likes some Broadway. He likes some theater. Not, not a whole bunch I don't like musicals. How come? Uh, people dancing and singing that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like drama or, the, you know, nice well, dramatic play. Have I got a show for you? No, or I'm listening because I have no other choice. There's a new play at the 13th Street Theater. I couldn't resist telling you about this one. This new play, it is not a heavy drama. It is apparently something of of somewhat comic overtones because it's called Nunchuck Ninja Nuns. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a play by Lauren M. Cavanaugh, a hilarious comedy, it says, about how distorted reality is and the strangeness of living in a world with so many rules and so few morals. Join Jesus, Mary, frat boys, zany psychologists, communist poets, and a habit of nunchuck swinging nuns in their crusade to find enlightenment, or at least a little something something. That's that's the uh, that's the promo for nunchuck ninja nuns at the 13th Street Theater. It opens uh, this Friday, March 14th, for a run through April 26th. Joe, I can see you're you're buying your tickets as we speak um, for nunchuck ninja nuns. I huh? I am. I do like nunchucks. And I like ninjas. Uh-huh. And uh, I wasn't really listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh, I hear, but here's a show that... Um, actually, Nunchuck Ninja Nun sounds kind of cute, but this is, this is a show that everybody's going to want to see. Fresh from the revival of Gypsy that he wrote the book for many, many years ago and just directed, Arthur Lawrence who's, I think, 90-something years old at this point, is going to direct another musical next season on Broadway. They're bringing back, finally, after all these years, West Side Story. And it's going to premiere in December 2008 at the National Theater in D.C. Joe has turned his collar up, and he's doing the most spastic shark dancing that I've ever seen in my life. One heart... One soul, no rhythm. <laughs> Two hands, one heart, no rhythm. White, yeah. white man can't dance. No, that's, that's no obviously not. There's going to be some dancing tonight. Joe can't move his legs tonight. Okay. Anyway. No rhythm. Something's coming. Something terrible. No, but, no, but it's probably going to be pretty great. It's, it's been about uh, 20 or 30 years since Broadway has seen a revival of West Side Story. It's going to premiere in Washington, D.C., and assuming everything goes well, Broadway will happen in the spring of 2009. Lawrence, um, since he wrote the book for it, says he's going to do a little bit of revisionism. It's going to be, quote, radically different and a little bit modern. And, of course, um, the other folks involved with West Side Story are the composer Leonard Bernstein, who died a while ago, and Stephen Sondheim who wrote the lyrics for the show, and has gotten all sorts of revivals over the past few years, including the really terrific Sunday in the Park with George that just opened about two weeks ago. Well, here... Oh, I know Joe's going to be really interested in this. It better not be a musical, Dave. Yes, it's a musical. Uh, It's a chorus line on Broadway. You know, they opened that revival last season. It's still running. It's kind of a hit. Well, do you know who's going to be playing Zach? That's the the guy who plays the director and who's, who's... 
getting all these people to audition for him and making the decision of who stays and who goes. Uh, yes, you know. Can you go, Dave? The man playing Zach is the one Mark Paul only <laughs> Mario Lopez. Holy cow, I was close. From Saved by the Bell. So was Mark Paul Gossler. Mark Paul Gossler. Oh, he played Zach. Long Saved Get by it? the Bell. Oh. Mm. I was... You were close. That yeah, was just a guess. No cigar there, but I yeah. Don't, I don't read your uh, coffee. From Saved by the Bell, Dancing with the Stars, and Pet Stars... Mario Lopez certainly is going to bring in the female uh, contingent there. And the gays. Well, well yeah. <laughs> who, who will be sure. there anyway? Of course, Lion wasn't gay before. <laughs> 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 like, uh, one singular sensation, every little step he takes. He's a good-looking guy, I have to admit. Even I've got to say, he's, uh, okay. you know, as, as a man, as, as Jeff would say, oh, here's Dave telling everybody that he's straight again. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm telling everybody I'm straight. But if I were gay... Um, you know, I would, I would appreciate uh, someone who looks like Mario Lopez. Anyway, continuing with the news on Inside Broadway, um, the finale of Neil Labute's trilogy, he's, he's got a, a play trilogy going on that, that's been going on for the past couple of years off-Broadway, it's called Reasons to be Pretty, and it's going to be playing at the MCC Theater from May to June. Neil Labute is a filmmaker too, but he's still probably best known as a playwright. He wrote The Shape of Things, and then Fat Pig, one of his more popular um, plays, that kind of signaled a new, more humanistic tone, because he tended to be kind of dark and snarky. So now this is the third in a trilogy of plays about how people, um, how society treats people who don't necessarily look beautiful. How, how somehow the, the pretty ones are so privileged, and the folks who are perhaps overweight or plain kind of get kicked in the teeth a lot. And so th- this, this show is about that, too. It's about a guy who thinks a girl at work is hotter than his own girlfriend. She ends up finding out, and that leads to all sorts of trouble. So um, starring in Reasons to be Pretty will be Alison Pill, who was Tony-nominated for The Lieutenant of Inishmore, and the rather lovely Piper Perabo, who people might remember from the film Coyote Ugly. And I, I think it's kind of funny that uh, Labute's plays tend to scold people for the way that we overvalue prettiness in society, and yet he's always casting people who look like Piper Perabo and Kerry Russell and, and Rachel Weisz in his plays. So, I don't Anyway, he's having his cake and eating it too, as it were. Well, having his beaver... Anywho. And finally, a little personal... Uh, inside Broadway, off-off-Broadway news. The Cream of the Crop One-Act Play Festival happens March 21st, 22nd, 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Richmond Shepherd Theater on East 26th Street in Manhattan. Tickets are only $15. Why should you go see these one-act plays? Because I wrote one of them. It's called Blind Date. It's a play of mine from a few years back that's included in my book, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World, which you can get at my website, davesgoneby.org. I have that. Didn't you enjoy it? I did. See? Although, it's, I always find it, I, it's kind of hard reading a play. Well, no criticism here. <laughs> no. You're just supposed to say it's wonderful. But It's see, marvelous. Now you don't have to read the play. You can go see that one-act play, Blind Date, I'm busy. as part of the... <laughs> it's on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be out of town that weekend. Uh, yes, uh, anyway... Should be a good play. I mean, the play is, is, is a few years old for me, so I kind of wish they were doing one of my new ones, but this tends to be one of the more popular old ones that I've written. Check it out. 212-684. a hint of bias in that. One of my more Tonight. popular ones. Well, it's not one of my favorites, the, actually. The, the one that allows me to wear clothes. <laughs> the one that affords me the opportunity to come on GBB every week. Yeah, right. 
eyes for that much. That I think you, I got a couple that you just have, tickets. That's, that's that you just have, have legs to get on the train. Well, anyway, it's um, <laughs> the cream of the crop festival. March 21st, 22nd, 28th, 29th, 30th at the Richmond Shepherd Theater. 684-2960 for tickets. Six, pardon me, 684-2960. Come see my play, everybody. Um, you know, I think, I think it's a cute play. I think it's a pretty fun zany, absurd play about a blind date, and it's actually the end of the evening. They're saving that one for last. So they figure after everybody's gone home from seeing their friends' plays before it, there'll be three people left in the audience, and I'll be two of them. But maybe you'll be there, too. That'd be nice. Anyway, we'll be back with more of Inside Broadway right after this. There is a season. Turn, turn, turn. Turn the pages of Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, because this is the season for Broadway. All the big shows are opening in the next few weeks. Learn about them all. For 64 years, Performing Arts Insider has been the Bible of Broadway. Find out why by going to PerformingArtsInsider.com. Subscriptions are 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners. So turn, turn, turn to Performing Arts Insider for every show. Show under heaven. Yes, indeed. Turn, turn, turn to the pages of Performing Arts Insider, where you can find out about shows like November, the new David Mamet comedy. Yes, it's a David Mamet comedy, not his first. He's written a couple of wild farces, and this is a new one. It's on Broadway, starring Nathan Lane, Laurie Metcalf, we all love her from Roseanne, Dylan Baker, and Ethan Phillips, and it's a satire on the silly season that we're going through right now of presidential campaigning. Nathan Ling plays the current president who has no hope in hell of winning his second term. So all he's basically trying to do is line up a bunch of ways to make a lot, a lot of money and any way he can before he gets out. So whatever he has to do, rent the, the Lincoln bedroom, hmm. any deals he has to make, and that's his life. What? Yeah, <laughs> this is my life at this point. And what he uh, ends up doing is trying to extort, in a manner of speaking, since it's just around Thanksgiving, something from the turkey lobby, who usually pays a certain amount of money, like $50,000 a year, for him to pardon a turkey. This is what presidents have been doing traditionally. Well, he figures out, or thinks of That's a way... That's why Barack Obama is running for president, actually. So he can pardon turkeys? Yep. I think he also wants to part in a couple of other, like, ocelots and um, the occasional yeah, camel. the rabbi made the same joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you heard the, the yeah. ocelot line. Okay. What is with you Jews and the ocelots? Ocelots. I don't know. Um, thanks a lot, ocelot. That's not even a joke. That's just... All right. Yeah, it's late. Anyway. <laughs> well, let me say, the, the show is called November. It's, as I said, it stars Nathan Lane as this president, and he's trying to do any deal he can, and... What he needs also is his speechwriter, played by Laurie Metcalf, who is a lesbian, and her deal yeah, is... That's a big stretch for her. Well, he's kind of a right-wing thing, dealing with his own right-wing stuff, but he wants something from her. He needs the best speech she can possibly write. What's her trade-off? Well, she wants him to allow gay marriage, to change the law and let her marry her lover. Well, that's just the basic storyline here. It is very often very, very funny. Mamet has a terrific way with dialogue and punchlines, as we all know, even from his dramas. Sometimes there's a little too much nattering back and forth. Sometimes in the first act, things just go around and around in kind of circles, and we, we get a little annoyed by it. And then in the second act, November gets kind of silly. There's an Indian there with like a poison dart, and it, it gets a little too much. I know it's a farce. I know it's supposed to be zany and crazy, but... Um, on the whole, 
It is a very funny play, absolutely worth seeing, and of course watching Nathan Lane be pretty much at his best is worth the price of anything, but the fact here that they've got Laurie Metcalf, who uh, adds heart to the show, that really makes it. She's wonderfully funny, and there's a real solidity and depth and humanity to her character that she brings that really lifts the whole thing. So, very, very recommended on Broadway, November. I would say it's the second funniest play on Broadway to, compared to Is He Dead? But unfortunately, that's only got another couple of days to go. So if, if you haven't seen the Mark Twain farce, Is He Dead? Definitely see that first if you can, but then go see November because it's inside Broadway. We've just been inside Broadway. Thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider. What's black and white and red all over? Photocopies made at Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. Any job that you have, including black and white copies, and they've got a brand new color copier, great quality, good prices, Wonderful family that has owned Ulit Minuteman Press since the 1970s. So check them out. 516-569-5577. Ulit Minuteman Press. They're the kings. Good evening. This is Tova Felcher on Dave's Gone By. And on Tuesday, March 11th through Saturday, March 15th, I'll be at Feinstein's at the Lowe's Regency, 61st and Park Avenue in New York City. Dial 212-339-4095 for tickets or visit TicketWeb.com. Thank you, Tova Felchu. Thank you so much for being so much fun on Dave's Gone By. And thank you also to Rabbi Saul Solomon for being part of that fun. Thanks also to my guest co-host, Joe Salzone. So much, so much fun always bringing you to the neighborhood, bantering with you, enjoying your company. Dave, this is the only show I do where the host does his own imaging. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's, that's the only radio station <laughs> yep. where they would do that, too. Yep. Oh, but I, I also do all the sponsoring here, too. Yeah. I, I've got to tell who the sponsors that's are. Fancy sad. Schmancy Balloons, 797-3229, area code 516-797-3229 for all your party decorating needs. Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway, 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners at Hewlett Minuteman Press, and MortgagesRock.com for all your financing needs and to learn how to be a broker. And Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Bible of Broadway for 65 years. PerformingArtsInsider.com, the place to find out about this wonderful magazine and how Dave's Gone By listeners can get a full 12-issue subscription for only 120 bucks. That's listener. about almost 45 or 50 bucks off the regular price. Every, my listener. Listener, excuse me, or the half a listener. That, <laughs> right. The one who didn't shoot himself half hour ago. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, or drank himself to death. Everybody, I'm saying again and again, listen to Shalom, damn it, Wednesday mornings at 7.30. For one more week, it's going to be on Channel 20. And then after that, it's going to be on Channel, I think, 115 on Cablevision of Woodbury, Long Island. Still, Wednesday's 7.30 in the morning, and then starting next Sunday, 1.30 in the afternoon on Channel 67 on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, so all the New Yorkers can see it as well. I um, want to tell everybody, if you want to contact me, Dave's Gone By at AOL.com is the email address. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. And for more information about the show as a whole, Dave's Gone By.org. 
O-R-G. Also listen for Filler Up, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. That's where I play a half hour of music on this station, WGBB Freeport. Filler Up is just music and a little bit of me talking, kind of the reverse of, of this program. I um, want to thank my beloved and wonderful wife, Joyce, who is freed from the wilds of Philadelphia for a week while on spring break, so it's hey, nice to have her home. Her name. It's cute. She's kept it. Yeah, that is her. She we'll get it from the wild of the wild. Oh, the wilds of Philadelphia. That's great. That's an illusion, isn't it? Uh, something. Like illusion. The pun. I want to thank my parents because Jeff always reminds me to. I want to thank and, and say hi to Jeff Goodman, who's not on the show tonight, but he'll be back next week. And I hope everything went well at his conference and showcase. In the next coming weeks, we'll have uh, finally some highlights from the Dave's Gone by WGBB New Year's special. Because, uh, well, it wasn't Sunday night this year, so uh, so regular listeners to the program may not have heard some of the fun we had on New Year's. Listener. And <laughs> coming up, um, Knocking Wood in maybe not next week, but the week after that, singer-songwriter, raconteur Tony Powers, something from the early days of MTV, kind of neat. I'm looking forward to really good talking to him. Uh, possibly live or possibly a, a tape phone conversation with Tony Powers. But that's... I'm not sure if that's next week, might be the week after that. But no matter what, we will be back, God willing, next Sunday, March 16th, 2008, with the 264th episode of... What is it, Joe? Dave's Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. And Joe Salzone. Wishing you good night, Philadelphia freedom, and freedom from Philadelphia. And gone by.